you, you should probably cut them into quarters. Or not stuff like five of Hello and welcome to Curly Brace Podcast. My name is Rocket and I am one of the co-hosts. <laughs> this is Red, aka Banner. Sorry for the rough start. I was just chewing on a Starburst and I was making a whole lot of noise. And we were discussing whether I should, if it was okay for me to go ahead and eat Starbursts while we were recording our episode this time. Rocket was literally was- just asking, are y'all ready? And he's <laughs> sitting there just munching on some Starbursts like, all right, does this sound good? Yes! <laughs> Without warning, uh, he's like, "Welcome uh, to the podcast." Yeah, <laughs> it was a it was a great sound check though to just hear yeah. the entire time. It was fantastic. Oh yeah, the oh, acoustics man. in his mouth sound amazing. Uh, nice and wet. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, so are we going to go over what we each did this week? Slash fun fact. I think you should start. Yeah, go ahead and start. All right, so this week I was in downtown Orlando um, for work, and it was really, really cool, but uh, we were there for St. Patty's Day, and that was just wild. I mean, like, the they closed off basically all the streets um, and brought, like, the sand trucks in, and um, it was just a whole bunch of bar hopping and stuff like that. It was a blast. And where, what, blast. where exactly was this? Like, what's this? Downtown Orlando. Really? Downtown Orlando. They just closed like all the city, I mean all the uh, streets and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was it was out they put sand trucks on the on the streets to like Sand trucks? Yes. What's a yes. sand truck? You know what a sand it's a dump truck. They put oh, a dump the, truck. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm like thinking of a truck that's just like the bed is just sandbags. Oh yeah, no. It's <laughs> it's yeah. No. No. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, no, it was it was a blast. Uh, had a whole bunch of fun. Um, would highly recommend. <laughs> it sounds there. wild. Oh, it, it was. Reminds, dude. It sounds like Mardi Gras in yeah. I mean, New it's, Orleans. it's similar. Um, it just obviously a lot more green than beads. Uh okay. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, you know, being in downtown Orlando with a Jeep on St. Patty's Day, um, you know, combined with spring break, with it being on a Friday. Obviously, it was it was crazy, but it was also not quite as crazy as I thought it could get. So okay, maybe good. we shouldn't have started with him because it's not going to be as amazing or interesting as that. Uh, I found a new taco or a Mexican restaurant right down the street from me. That's uh, that's pretty damn good and cheap. Oh my god, no what'd way! You try? That totally Wait, tops mine. Yeah, yeah Tuesday and Tuesdays and Wednesdays they have a uh, dollar tacos. And- I'm sorry. Can we just discuss how? uh greg mentioned that rocket's fact was not um was way better than his but i just want to point out that finding a really good mexican restaurant is like a big deal that is true it kind (laughs) of is (laughs) it's like that is a really that's a really big deal and we should also point out that want to know what this is yes and we should also point out that greg is hispanic so you know his taco ratings mean more than everyone else's Debatable. Uh, oh yeah, kind of debatable. <laughs> I thought you had some family down in Mexico, though, right? Uh, Did he? No, no, no. Very Americanized. No. Yeah. Uh, oh, you yeah. were. Well, most of my family I thought you have like in a... Arizona, but okay. my family, my my nuclear family, my parents, uh, they moved to Texas like as soon as they turned eighteen. Not oh, like, by okay. choice. It was okay. mostly because of the military. I but for some I reason I thought you had on... family down in Mexico, but maybe not. Mm, I guess not. I have like an. I do have an uncle that currently lives in Mexico, right? Or he goes back and forth between Mexico and the U.S. because his uh, wife isn't allowed to be in the U.S. for a couple more years. So they like it's like right on the border, though. So it's literally like a twenty-minute drive. Gotcha. And okay. They don't give him any guff for it, so it's all good. I grew up on spaghetti, fish sticks, you know. Gotcha. Okay, the never mind. I take American back what I said. Diet. Do not listen to Greg about yeah. any of these recommendations for this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a really good, uh, uh, really good spot that I found. I keep passing it every time, like I go pick up uh, one of my wife's like uh, her guilty pleasures, which is like church's chicken. And I keep kept passing it every time I go pick it up. Like next time I'm gonna get that. Next time I'm gonna get that. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm gonna get it this time. And it was amazing. I got what's the name? What did you get? What did you get? It was like some obscure name. It's it was like it was it was in between a judo place and a jujitsu place. Okay. (laughs) And on the corner of it was like a dog uh, groomer. 
I should probably stop talking because I don't want to dox it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So wait, what'd you get to eat though? Like what, what made it, what was so good? Uh, I had the quesadillas with uh, consomme on the side. Uh, and then I got $2, two $1 tacos. Uh, I got a, just a regular like pulled pork one and then a chicharron one, which is It's just hard to argue good. with anything Pick that's that. $1 anymore. I'm just yeah. saying. It was, and, those, and those tacos. $1 tacos. I filled up on both of those and I still had a full plate of quesadillas with uh, consomme on the side. I ate like half of one. That sounds and pretty I was good. Already, like, I was like, I ate the two $1 tacos and half of one. I was already done. I love consomme, man. Oh, so good. I need to find a place that sells menudo. Oh. I never had menudo until I was working in the ER and one of the night night shift does it up. Okay. Um, they like, I'll come in like at six in the morning for my shift and I see that the, they got the skillet, they got some pans and some bowls and like the, the sink because they, they were like doing it like they did it up over the night. And I was like, what do y'all do? It's like, ah, oh, we had a slow night. Uh, so, you know, we, we had a breakfast for dinner we had eggs, bacon, all this stuff. Oh, wow. And it's like, it's like, it's like an almost every night thing for them. And like during uh, Christmas time, uh, one of the guys that I worked for on the, on the night shift, uh, they had a, uh, he brought in like homemade menudo and everyone's like, oh man, you better be careful, Greg. It is spicy. I had it. It was okay. <laughs> or like uh. in terms of spice, in terms of flavor. Oh my God, Chris, if you're listening to this, I still dream about your red menudo. You dream about it? <laughs> it was really good. Every time I kept going to like a restaurant, try to find like good red menudo, it was always like, eh, it's all right. Chris, Greg still has a thing for your menudo. Yeah, he dreams about you every night. Does does your wife know about this? This podcast just yes. turned sensational. She, <laughs> she hears me at night whispering, menudo, menudo. <laughs> Okay, so ripping my, stuff, my, <laughs> just gripping. Yeah. Wow. Um. Anyways, I uh, so <laughs> I I started construction on my um uh sound studio. I'm turning my garage into a sound studio. Uh, I started that Saturday. So they they fixed the giant gaping hole in the roof and put like a nice sealed uh, ladder to the attic. So no more big old hole. And then they're going to attach the garage to the house next. And then after that, they'll put a bunch of uh, uh, soundproof drywall up. Nice. Very yeah. cool. That is, that is awesome. Anything else to add? Nope. Nope. That's, that's, that's my week. <laughs> Rocket. Okay. I right. went to Florida. Red. <laughs> I'm renovating my house and turning my garage into an up. Uh, amazing studio slash theater greg i had tacos <laughs> they were really good but yet yours just your story had the most detail so you know no yeah. i just talked the most <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh so this week we are going to be getting into the topic of housing in the united states um we're not going to cover other countries right now some of it probably bleeds over into other countries but this week, we are talking about housing and how terrible it is, uh, especially for our age group, the millennials, to try to buy a house right now and trying to buy a house, you know, a couple years ago, even. So we're going to bring up a couple of topics about it. Red, I'm going to go ahead and let you go first on your topic, though, because I know that you have a couple of really great topics that you want to bring up. And Yeah, so do we... Then, do we want to start with mine or do we want to start with like the history of housing? Um, I can start I with mine. I'm more, I'm more than happy to start with mine if you want. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to start with yours because okay. I think the some of the counterpoints that I might have might come up when we're talking about things. And okay. I, can provide I, see, some, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah okay. I can provide some um, some relative. So I, I've just got some information on like um, the government's involvement in housing and, and how they've they've you know, maybe reduced costs or tried to help out with housing and things that they regulate, stuff like that. So um, I just, uh, let's see, let me think of a good good starting point with this. It's, uh, um, you know, I'll just go right into it. So did you know recently, just recently, the U.S. decided to backstop mortgages over $1 million? 
for the first time ever. Ex explain to me what you mean by backstop. So by backstop, I mean, so when you, when you go apply for a mortgage loan, like through FHA, you know, like a government backed loan, right? right? Um, so they will, they will back it to a certain amount of money, right? So now okay. they're saying because housing prices have increased so much, they're willing to backstop, uh, uh, back up loans, uh, over a million dollars for the first time ever wow. in history because housing wow. prices are so high. That, How do they that, accomplish this? Do they just tell the banks no more loans on houses over a million dollars, or are there just more restrictions placed on loans? No, over no, no, a million dollars. Or I mean, red saying they increased it. They yeah. increased it from like whatever it was before. So now again, it's it's a million dollars, like an FHA, right? Over FHA. a million. Yeah, over they will back over a million dollars yeah. now because of housing but costs. If I recall, it's based on the area, though, right? It's based know. on like the area of the maximum loan that you can get government wise for the area. Uh, that's a great question. Why don't we look that up? Um, FHA, FHA loan. Yeah, because I, I believe it's based like, again, it's the it's the income level based on the area. I know that's true for the USDA loans. And uh, that's also true for first time home buyer incentives and things like that. It depends on where you are. And it's a percentage of, you know, the home prices and okay. stuff like F that. FHA loan requirements. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> nope. It's just somebody trying to get me to get a loan. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, good luck with that. I, I uh, We will probably have to continue that for further. Um, yeah, we'll have to investigate that a little further. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll look at that. Yeah, because I, I, I want to know, like, I would like to know what are the limits for each, like, state and stuff like that. I, I would I would, I would, would like to look into that yeah, a little I, more. Yeah, I believe it's, it's zoned out even, like, down to, like, inside of counties. Oh, like, wow. The, if, yeah, they can, if they can do that with uh home loans and all that why can't they do that with the poverty uh line because according to like the hhs which is the uh uh human it's a it's a u.s government entity uh according to them the poverty line is the same for fort for like 48 of the contiguous states and the district of columbia and it's the same for, throughout that fourteen thousand five eighty for a single person, by the way, which is uh, criminal. That's about before taxes. That's a like barely a thousand dollars a month. Basically, what I was making uh, working at Wendy's. Yeah, I don't know how a person like that could ever afford a home. They'll they'll what, never buy. What a was home the poverty line? Uh, for a single person in the household, uh, fourteen thousand five hundred and eighty. This is as of two thousand twenty three. That's the poverty line. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. I mean, that's absolutely I mean, okay. insane. It, it depends, but, but I think, I think what, what, what do we define poverty as? That, that's the, the thing, right? It po poverty, in my opinion, if you're if that, with that such a low number means that I cannot take care of the basic needs to survive. Right. That would be like, below poverty. Well, it, with that amount of money, that's what I'm assuming they're defining by that. Not, not that you're poor, that you literally do not have enough to afford a house, that, afford that, food. I feel like, like that would be below, if you're below the poverty line, that means you can't afford a house. Yeah, right. And that's what it means. So they're but, saying at the poverty line, somebody should be able to pay rent or and groceries and do all that stuff on 14000 which is not right. That's not physically no, possible. No, it's, it's, it's Only absolutely in crazy. Like it, well, okay. rural it backwoods area would that even... Uh, support somebody Cor and even right. that's you would be in section it. eight housing at the very least yeah you would. would be the you only would. way you could pay for it, it ab absolutely right but the only way to qualify for section eight housing is using this poverty guideline right here right right the same it's guideline just, it's like a it's like a weird loop i usually don't agree with greg with the you know people getting stuck and not being able to get out but the fact that you can only get help by making a certain amount of money, but then as soon as you make more money than that, trying to do better, then you get screwed again. Yeah, the problem with a lot of social yeah. services is that they don't do like a sliding scale to help right. like it's, uh, in or facilitate the exit of social service and into self-sufficiency. It's literally what you just said, in or out. And a lot of decisions that people make when they're at that level of vulnerability and at that near the poverty line, they got to decide, do I need, if I get this job that I'm being offered, it pays more, which will help me and my family. 
uh, but I will lose a lot of services that are worth a lot more than what this wage would be. So now I have to decide between sticking with my current job so I can keep qualifying for these benefits or get a better paying job and lose out on these benefits and have to, you know, supply it myself, which I can't afford. Right. My sister yep. had to run yep. into that issue with health insurance in uh, Arizona. They have something uh, statewide for that. She qualifies for that isn't really, that doesn't really exist in Texas. And uh, I haven't seen anything and I have to look at Colorado because I just moved yeah. here. So we'll, we'll have to discuss this uh, like as like a poverty episode, like poverty in America. That'd be a really interesting topic. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, you know, backstop of over a million dollars for first time uh, in history because housing prices are just ridiculously high. Um, so, uh, all right, so I've got I've got a piece of data to throw in there though. For yeah, that. yeah. So, housing prices are ridiculously high, right? But here's the crazy part: when we look at how many people own homes, we are right in the middle as far as homeowner percentage rates compared to renters in the past like 50 years. What do you mean by right in the middle? Yeah, can you explain that? Yeah. So, so for example. In let, let, let me let me just go and go over some quick stats really quick on this because I think that'll help. So in 2022, quarter one of 2022, 65.4% of people owned homes. And that's actually a 1.53% decline. Okay. That's 78 million Americans own a house. Okay. Only 35% of people were renting. And this is after COVID. This is after the, again, the, the, the beginning of when all the housing like started to kind of cool off, right? When the, the prices were just crazy and the interest rates just started to go up, right? Yeah. So at that point right there, right at the peak of everything, 65% of people owned houses. Okay. Okay. So would you like to know the monthly payment? The average monthly payment <clears throat> on those houses? Yes. Yeah. Thirteen hundred dollars. Does that include PMI taxes yep. Yep. and escrow for? Or I guess, uh, that's that's just it doesn't. It doesn't include taxes. It doesn't include taxes, but that's, it does include PMI. Yeah. So a mortgage. the total right. monthly yeah. housing cost is fifteen hundred dollars. That's the average. Okay. The average for rent was thirteen hundred dollars for total cost like that's utilities too that's ridiculous because i own a two hundred and thirty thousand dollar home and i pay above average which is my yeah. house is less than the average cost but, of a home but remember so that's absolutely ridiculous you're at the far far end of one sliding scale right right yeah and that's the problem so for specifically millennials the problem is is that most of these people that own homes have owned them for longer than 2020 right 30-year mortgages last a lot longer than two years, obviously. Yeah. So they've owned them for quite a while. They bought them when the housing prices so this, were, this statistic is in my opinion, up reasonable. With current times. What do you mean? It's So, I mean, a majority of people in our generation are not in this average. No, no, no. no but this is the average. That's my point. This is the average. For but a majority of homeowners, how old are a majority of the homeowners? The age? Uh, that, that's a good question. I'm Let's guessing see. above the age of 45. Oh, I am. Oh, well, I think actually 45. Let's see. Just gonna rely on Google's first answer here. 47. <laughs> look at that. 47. Oh, okay. I was off by two. Dang. Yeah. But, but think about it. I mean, that's crazy, right? That's the average age is 47. So if you don't own a home by 47, then you're out of the norm, I guess. Yeah, that's that's by that logic. On the other uh, hand, Red is the out median norm because he does own a home. Yeah, well, he's the right. only one in this uh, podcast that does own a home. <laughs> the median age of first time home buyers is 32. Uh, wow. OK, so I just beat that barely by like yeah. four years, 20, 28 yeah, when I, well, I mean, 29 that's, that's now, but just 28 when I, mean, I bought, yeah. Yeah. Uh, only was, 3% of 25 to 29-year-olds own a house. Oh, my God. That's and not only, good. And only 5.9% 
own of 30 to 34 year olds own a house and guess what percentage of the age group they make up uh 80. 50%. <laughs> oh, 50. Whoa, 50. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know what was interesting uh during uh, of, my well, time I don't know of what that doesn't make sense cuz those add up to more than 100. Yeah. You know what was interesting during uh Oh, the oh spent- wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hold on just a second. Okay. Hold on just a second. Right. Okay. Go on. This again, this has completely different statistics, so we should we should discuss that, I guess. The average homeowner is 56 years old. Uh-huh. Okay, maybe, okay, there's homeowner and then people who, like, still have to pay a mortgage. Among new homeowners, oh, who have been in their homes for less than three years, the average age is 46. So Whoa. new homeowners, the average age is 46. That must be what that That's other one is, That's interesting. But the first-time home buyers, so people that, again, not first-time home buyers, new homeowners. The average age for new homeowners is 46. Wait, so, so like, the, new home, as in, like, just built homes? Just built, not, not necessarily yeah. a first-time home buyer, but somebody who bought yeah. a brand new home. Right. Okay. Right. Now, 65. is this like a novel new home buy, or just within that state? Because can't you still qualify for first-time home buyer loans uh, when you're moving state? Because it's like you're the first-time home buyer for this uh, state. That is a great question. I don't because know. I would assume that you could you're technically be right. a yeah. first-time home buyer multiple times, especially if you move. Maybe I, I I do know that when I went through that, like it was through the state of Texas. So, you know, I don't see what yeah. would stop you from like qualifying in Oklahoma. It, it depends um, on the state. Yeah. Yeah. And it depends on the qualification, right? Like I don't qualify for Texas anymore, but I probably would qualify for California. So. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would hope if I don't, then there's something really wrong with California homeownership, which what I found things. what I found interesting during this, uh, looking up, uh, certain, uh, data certain numbers was that it was it was kind of hard to find any number like any hard concrete numbers on the amount of u.s citizens that own multiple uh homes i I, so i found one i found one Uh uh-huh only two so so let's let's yeah there should be several statistics that show 2.7 i'm gonna read this out 2.7 percent of occupied housing units are second homes occupied so only 2.7 percent yeah, ten point six of all housing units are vacant. What year was that? This includes Q two uh, or Q one of twenty twenty two. So two percent are vacant. No, no, no. Okay, two point seven percent of occupied housing units are second homes. So that includes condos. That includes apartments that are in. If you were like renting an apartment as a second place to stay, that includes you know vacation homes, stuff like that. Two point seven percent. Ah, see, when I was looking this up, it was hard to of find occupied. any concrete data. But, but again, it was like they couldn't differentiate between uh, whether or not the uh, the it was based on property. So it was hard to differentiate between residential, rental, investment, or right. commercial. Right. And it was hard. It was it was harder to it was even harder to find statistics over the years because I wanted to see like how many people are owning multiple properties over the years from like back in t- uh, after the depression when. Uh, the government started stepping in and providing uh, assistance and like uh, opportunities for home ownership. Right. Now, here's another crazy one. What do you think the median household wealth of a homeowner is versus a renter? And exclude the asset of the house. Just take the house out. Oh, you mean their their overall wealth? Assets. Yeah. Take their 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 um their their net worth. Their net worth. Their net worth. Okay. Negative. Um, I bet it's in the negative. No, because you got to think of like also their. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna guess it's not very 200. high. Wait, wait. There's two. There's two guesses. Home. There's two guesses. There's one for the homeowners and there's one for the renters. Okay. Oh, okay. For the homeowner, I'm net worth of like homeowner. Net worth of hundred. Yeah, homeowner. I'm is thinking of like they also have retirement funds as well. I'm gonna guess like maybe fifty five, sixty thousand, maybe less than that even. I'm thinking two hundred thousand for homeowners and for renters. I'm thinking like they're in the negatives five, for sure. What's in my bank account right now? Fifteen dollars. <laughs> they're in the negatives for sure. <laughs> so, median household wealth of a homeowner is ninety eight thousand dollars, excluding the home. Excluding count, the home? if you're not counting the home. Yeah, not wait, wait, counting wait, the home. I, is I'm massive. sorry. Is that wealth or income? Wealth. Well, okay. he's net, saying like net, net worth. worth. Net worth. Okay. 
Yeah, not income. Not income. That's weird. Well, net worth also does include debt, does it not? It yes, does. it does. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so, how much it's your assets. How could a majority minus of Americans be in debt but have a ninety-eight thousand dollar net worth? 401ks. Four hundred one k Roth yeah. IRAs equity. So your four hundred one k is worth a million dollars, and you you're valued at ninety eight thousand. So your debt is close you to a million. Like most no. people are retiring on four hundred one k around a million dollars. No, that's not true at all. So then, what do they retire? No. What's the average? What's the average income they have when they retire? Average retirement savings by age. Over $70,000 have an average of $357,000 left. At peak, 65 to 74 has an average of $426,000. That's half a million dollars. Half a million. Wow, that's really bad. That is really bad. Damn. That that's means that really bad. if you're used to living off of $40,000 a year, which is the median income in the United States, then that gives you 10 years. Yeah. I mean, well, and yeah, I mean, it could uh, be more depending on how you invest it. Yeah, right? it, dep- it, it depends 20. on how much you take out and how much you're. Right. Yeah, this it. Damn, that's really bad. Yeah, we should just raise the that's retirement age. Then that'll solve it. <laughs> okay. Give them less time to live. That way, their retirement funds can stretch a little bit longer. Okay. Uh, oh, interesting fact. Did you guys know that denial that rates? Was sarcasm, by the way. Uh, <laughs> oh. Whoops. You know that denial rates for or for uh lower like okay, so if I applied for a hundred thousand dollar loan, it has a higher chance of being denied versus if I applied for a four hundred thousand dollar loan. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Like statistics. They want to put you in debt. They, they, they want to put deny you in debt. More people who are asking for less. Like if you're trying to be responsible, they they have a higher chance of denying you. I well, I wonder. Maybe maybe it's not wanting to put in debt, but maybe it's because they they assume that you make less money, right? Yeah. And so they assume you make less money, which means you have less in savings, which means that you are more of a risk because you wouldn't be able to catch up on another payment. Maybe that's just my guess of why it's. I it could know. also be the type of property that you're uh, trying to get as well, because if uh, be. you're trying to go if to a like mortgage a company, trying to get a, uh, a yeah a mobile home where the yeah. land is owned by a third by the land developer and it's at like yeah. an exorbitant rent rate. Uh, Red was sending point. me some, uh, some uh, Zillow listings uh, from around my area and was showing me like, here's some affordable homes. And he sent me like a $70,000 uh, uh, mobile home. And it was like, Oh yeah, that'd be good. Uh, and like the, what was the HO? It's listed as HOA, but it's, it's re- like it's over a thousand dollars a month. It was like $1,200 a month. And that didn't even spot. include the mortgage. So no. the mortgage would have ended up being the same amount as, as like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house. Yeah. Yeah. That was ridiculous. It's just absolutely that's, ridiculous. That's wild. Yeah. Um, back to my initial statistic really quick, just to, to cover that off. Okay. So looking at the data here, the lowest point since 1965 for home ownership was in 2016. The least amount of people owned a house in 2016 since 1965. Okay. That's interesting. The peak was at 69%. And again, it sounds like it's like, Oh, what's the difference between 62% and 69%. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of houses. You're talking over 300 million people. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of houses going up for sale and being bought. Right. Yeah. So, and but so again, peak two thousand five, right, sixty nine percent, all the way down. And we know what caused sixty two percent in two thousand six. We know exactly. Right. But it, it, yeah. and just to be clear, what caused that was um, mortgage the companies. Yeah. Well, mortgage companies necessarily. Explain what caused the recession. Sorry. Explain not, what caused the recession. Not not the recession. What caused the spike in home ownership in two thousand five? It's the the fact mortgage that mortgage companies signing anything. everybody. Everybody. Yeah. You didn't even have to put a name. You didn't have to put anything on it. You could have just them signed damn it. Mortgage and companies away. whoring around with yeah. homeowners. <laughs> exactly. Getting them to sign up for what was it? Yep. Uh, balloon. It was like ballooning payments. Like yeah. they, they, you start off yeah. at like a, a super, like a stupid low uh, mortgage payment. And then like yeah. over like the, what was it like within the next like couple of years? It's like 
it's like crippling. It's like yeah. more than what. Yeah. And then you leave it, but, it for but like the 2008 crisis. Well, but they also sign up for variable interest rates too. Yep. That too. Right. I mean, like again, going from like 2% to 7%. I mean, that's like literally a thousand dollars a month on a $300,000 yeah. house. It's ridiculous. It's crazy how much 5% a change in interest does. And you, if you can't, you can't, but I mean, personally, I hate that. I would never do that, but some people do it because they get a lower rate, right? Or a lower monthly payment at that time. So it it's just, basically it's the same as getting a credit card with, for like $300,000 with a variable rate thinking that ah, I won't go up. It will absolutely well, go up. It depends with credit cards are a lot easier to pay off at the end of the month versus a home. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, they're not, they're not giving dollars home because they're being, they're a little more uh, stringent on how much they're willing to give compared it's to more what like, they were giving out for house loans uh, back in that time. Yeah. I would compare it to a student loan, but it's not really a student loan because the house actually appreciates in value. So well, the land, the land appreciates the house will actually that. depreciate unless you keep up with it if you don't keep up with the house oh, well, yeah. and you don't keep up with trends then it will continue to depreciate just like a car you know that's it's the land that's that appreciates in value yeah that's true that is very true okay so basically the house is the commodity and the land is the investment uh, yeah i mean well and in and, and, you depends. know a definition i, I would of say an i would say it depends is, it's just they're so tied together because a house is so immobile that's right and well, and the other thing you have to consider an investment is anything you would consider making a return on profit. So if you're buying a home and land without consideration of a return on profit, then it's not an, it's investment, not an investment for you. It's a That's commodity, true. which is probably why it's which it makes sense why uh, you're less likely to get a loan for like a mobile home for not just because the amount is just so it's low, because but also for the because... bank, that's an investment. For the I think that I think the writer of Rich Dad Poor Dad brought that up, and he got a lot of shit really? for it. I still need to read that. that. I need to read. Yeah, that. it's a really good book. If you haven't read it, it's fantastic. I know a whole bunch of people talk about it. It's a really, really good book. Well worth the read. It's on a Kindle too, so yeah. if you have Kindle, easy I, I really want to read it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely worth the time. I've read it on plane trips um, over the past couple of times, so it's very Robert very, Kiyosaki. Very yes. I believe I he is the one who said that, and uh, it made like social media and stuff like that. And they were like, "What are you talking about? Your house is an investment." And it's like, "Well, when it's, you think about it, yeah, when you think, think about, about it, how much not, money you're you know, dumping like, into a house, right? Yeah, so, like you know, you're paying for the utilities, and you're paying for this, you're paying for that, and then you're trying to improve it and everything else. At the end of the day, do you really return a profit or not? Right? Unless you yeah. have one of these giant bubbles like we had in 2020, right? That would have been a smart time to buy houses, and companies recognize that." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously companies recognize it. They're buying yeah. all the houses. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. There was a, so. a stat. I don't remember what it was. And it, it mentioned that if companies continue to buy at the rate they are right now, that they will own 30% of all real estate in the U S by 2027. That's not a surprise though. That, I mean, like, honestly, that's, that's not a surprise. It's 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 sad. It's not that it's really a surprise. It's it's just sad. Do you know in at the uh, let's see? I'm looking at uh, okay. This is just as of 2022. Guess how many American homes were purchased as investor purchases? Two uh, percent. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, for what year? Like this 2022. year? 2022. Uh, ooh, Americans or business um, businesses? What seven? Amer oh, yeah, does that count? Uh, commercial uh, real yeah. estate or just residential? Nope, nope. Res American homes, oh. like homes for sale. I want how many say... homes for sale were investor purchases? Oh, I'm gonna 40, say forty percent, like less than ten. Oh, forty percent. Because it's okay, American homes. It's not American people. It's not American people. It's American homes. How many homes? How, just it's, it's not not that complicated. How many homes do you think were purchased for investing rather than living in? By corporations, by people, everything. By poor, yep, by corporations. Yeah, forty percent. Forty percent. Yeah, and that, it's not their primary residence, though, right? Yeah, forty percent. Yeah, right. Okay, Greg, what's your guess? I said ten or less. Twenty-two percent. Ooh, both wrong. <laughs> yeah, both off by a decent amount. Yeah. But that's still that's a, a shit ton. That's that a is lot. A big ass chunk. We're almost, that's we're one talking about fifth almost of a quarter. 
almost in Texas, quarter. almost a third. Damn. Damn. Of homes. And, and, and this was, and almost a third was sold to not an individual that was just going to rent out a separate home, at least qualified as an LLC. So oh, corporations and God. companies, 28%. Oh, there should be laws in place for this. This is not okay. When I looked it nope. up last, Texas didn't have any, uh, like, well, for one, uh, Texas doesn't have state income. Most of their taxes come from property taxes. That's right. right? Yep. We have high that's, that's and right. sales tax. tax. Yeah, that's right. And so, so if you want to know why rental prices go up so much, not specifically for apartment complexes or homes that are already built because they're just adjusting to the market, which is basically price gouging. But for a lot of these companies that went out and bought these homes in 2020, right? And then they shot up in value. They're having to raise the rent to adjust to the property taxes. For the property they bought. But right. I, I want to go back for a second, Rocket. You, you mentioned, uh, you said, um, what was it you just said? You said like 10 seconds ago, you said, uh, price gouging. Price gouging. Oh, price gouging. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I want you to clarify what you mean by that for the audience. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah. So, there is a difference between adjusting to your expenditures and ex basically expenditures as a homeowner that is renting something out or as a landlord renting out an apartment complex, whatever you're doing, there is a percentage that, you know, makes sense that when the property value goes up, that your expenses go up, especially in Texas with property taxes, right? Now, with that being said, property taxes on, well, this is a great question. Red, how much did you pay in property taxes this year on $230,000 homes? Six grand. In Dallas County. Six grand. No, Tarrant, Six Tarrant County. Tarrant County. Oh, you're in Tarrant County? Yeah, yeah okay. it's Tarrant County. So Tarrant County. County. Okay, yeah. so maybe it's a little bit more it's, in Dallas, but. Yeah. So 500 bucks six a month. Grand. So yeah, six grand. So six grand on $200,000, right? Or yeah. $230,000, yeah. right? So assuming that, let, let's just go with crazy numbers here and say that since it's a business, you pay extra property taxes, right? So we'll add an additional like half to that. So say we'll say round 10 grand for every $200,000. And we're not including all the massive write-offs okay. they get that reduces us down to fucking right. zero. Right, not including that at all. <laughs> yeah. But say you have a $25 million apartment complex, like one that I moved out of a couple of years ago, Yeah. right? And you would take that same ratio of, what was that, 5%? Right, two hundred thousand dollars, ten grand, five percent. Yep. So times five percent. That would be one point two five million dollars. Yeah, that's nothing out of how much they make. That's like well, so that's one. That's one point two five million dollars in property taxes, and you're like, wow, that's a lot of money, right? They get all those write-offs too. Well, hold on, hold on, not even including the write-offs. Not even including the write-offs here, okay? In that twenty-five million dollar apartment complex. They had about 150 apartments, okay? 150 apartments, and the average rent in that, uh, just off a quick guess, probably around 1,800 a month. That comes out to $270,000 a month times 12. That's 3.2 million. It's, uh, it's not bad, actually. It's, it's pretty decent. So what you're saying is we should all go in on an apartment complex. <laughs> yeah. My my point with this is that you're left with two million dollars. Yeah. Again, there's but a whole bunch of other paying, expenses yeah, and everything else. Actually but we're also not that. including yeah. the write-offs and everything else, yeah. right? Either. So yeah. there's yeah. there's enough write-offs to bring that down. To but if but there's also a lot of expenses, apartments break in this apartment complex, yeah. especially well, you know, you got landscrap. Debatable yeah. because a lot of apartment complexes either refuse to fix things or they fix things at the bare minimum cost. Oh, I agree. They had like I three know, maintenance man. guys. They had three <laughs> maintenance guys to manage 150 apartments. Like That's ridiculous. You, yeah, I mean, it took you a week to get something fixed if it was critical. On the surface, if you go I to mean, my, when you saw my apartment when I first came here, I was like, oh man, this is actually a lot nicer than uh, what I'm used to uh, in terms of like apartment, like in, in terms of like the actual unit. But then like I'm walking around the carpet and it's like lumpy because of like all the, I don't know, like the tape that they put underneath or the foam. It's like they didn't put it in evenly. So it's like I can feel the lumpiness around there. I'm looking at the appliances. They're all nice and shiny and chrome and all that. I'm looking at it, They're like all scratched up. Uh, I only bring this up because I have you have to bring you have to put this in your. Uh, um, You're like they, damage they give report. you a form. Yeah, because yeah. they the will. The form that you signed. Yeah, as soon as yeah. you move in. If you forget one you have 24 hours. thing. You have 24 hours. You try moving out. Uh, so, they gave yeah. me like 
my apartment's cool. They gave me like uh, three months. I like brought up an issue about something. And they were looking at my file and they're like, hey, you never returned the thing, the uh, form, inventory form. Like, uh, do you still have that? I'm like, you know what? I probably do. Uh, is it too late? And he's like, no, go ahead and turn that in and uh, just let us know. It's like, all right, cool. Because I needed to add a couple things. And I'm like, all right, go ahead. Nice. And it wasn't anything I did. It was like just things that I had missed in the original, like how like, I thought it was just like that's some, really like, nice stains or something in the in the bathtub. Turned out it was just chipped from the previous owner. I uh -huh. added that in. I let him know like all the appliances are like completely scratched up. Like the fridge is kind of, but like the way that they made the they designed the kitchen, it's very cramped. So like the uh, there's like little room for error between the oven and perpendicular to it, uh, the dishwasher. So whenever you open the dishwasher door, it like gently scrapes it in like a perfect like arch each time and you can tell it was the dishwasher doing that but you know you have to add that stuff in because depending on your landlord uh or you know apartment uh property manager and uh they will definitely just use your deposit to pay for that oh yeah yeah or claim nice. that they needed their the deposit to repair it yeah we're all and then aware it's, all, it's up in the air yeah we're all aware it's up in the air if they actually that. did use the money for that or not <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's that's yeah. crazy that's absolutely crazy yeah it, it is crazy i i just i still can't get over how much a house actually costs today well you know and it doesn't help that the government raised their like federal fund raised the federal federal fund rate right you know you know like the federal funds rate is like the. but my question i guess my question red is is do companies qualify for those types of loans too which loans yeah wouldn't they have more ac access like to the, like more um riskier FHA loans? yeah so so individual mortgage companies get these fha loans like backed by the government and 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 the, everything they do is is affected by this federal funds rate that the government sets whatever this federal funds rate is is what all these these banks borrow is that, at, and they borrow from each other too and they all have to borrow is that similar rate. to like the pension rate that's the i don't know that the federal funds rate this this is the reason why mortgage rates right now are seven to like eight percent or whatever Right, is because okay. the federal funds rate, you know, and, gotcha. and banks will borrow from the, the the government at this rate, and then they'll borrow from each other at this rate, and, and, and that's they'll the put federal. an extra like yeah. percent on top for the consumer. Yeah. Is that is that really yeah. what I'm hearing? That's yeah, pretty much what they do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So what you're telling me is that we just need to open up a bank and, and borrow and directly from solved. the government. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. Well, problem solved. There we go. Um, you know, when they Correct. they raise this federal funds rate, it, it it's an attempt to slow the economy down right that's what they're yeah. attempting to do when they raise the federal but what these go with the is this like the treasury rate like i'm just trying to understand what I, this I don't is know. it's 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 the rate at which businesses can borrow from the government they can borrow loans from the government at the specific interest rate is my understanding and so the the government has the ability to raise and lower this fund rate to drive the economy right and what they okay. do is they raise it up really high when the economy starts getting hot right like people start buying stuff like crazy just like uh -huh. the housing market and right. so the problem with that is this time people aren't buying houses like crazy it's corporations that are buying houses like crazy so when they raise the federal funds rate all they did was push out all of the normal citizens trying to buy homes and made it even easier for the the corporations buying cash to buy up all these properties and they, they've really screwed wow. us over in an attempt to slow down the economy wow spoken like a true republican love that red <laughs> I mean, that's my take on it. I mean, it, I mean, no, I mean, it makes sense. Happens, but, but the problem know? was, I, the, again, not businesses are more like risk, uh, more willing to take on risk. The average person, you know, you tell them like, you know, house prices are going up and up and up. And now the interest rates are going up and up and up. It's like, uh, I'll wait. I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. So, OK, the term federal fund rate refers to the target interest rate set by the Federal Open Market Committee, FOMC. This target is the rate at which commercial banks borrow and lend their excess reserves to each other overnight. The FOMC, which is the policy-making body of the Federal Reserve System, meets eight times a year to set the target federal funds rate. Okay? Okay. Okay. 
So that's what the oh, federal I, fund rate sorry, is. Sorry, I wasn't listening really. There was more to that. That was a lot of words that I just kind of glanced <laughs> so the, over. Yeah, no, you're okay. So the federal funds rate is 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 essentially it, it's exactly what I said. It's the interest rate that's being set by the federal government, the Federal Open Market Committee, the FOMC. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They set that. Yeah. So it's yeah. the it's the, the the government rate. Yeah. That you get. Yeah. It's this the discount. It's not just the it's government. The it's not the government rate. It's 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 what banks banks have to borrow from each other at that rate too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, then there you go. It's it's okay. yeah. It's a way for the government to control the economy. Okay. Yeah. I well, but they that's that's one of the tools. It's that they one have, of the tools. Right? They have many tools. Yeah. This is one of the tools. Yeah. It's just one way to do it. The, the the problem is is that millennials specifically have been fucked so many times now trying to buy a house. I mean, there was the 2008, right? Crash. Yep. Which was a great time to buy, but a terrible time to have a job as a millennial. Yep. And then we go into COVID, right? Where everyone rushes to go buy. There's bidding wars. There's everything else. And, and then the whole companies, and then yeah. companies come in and bid shit ton more because they know they're going to get a rate of return. $400,000 and they can pay cash. Yep. So the interest rate doesn't yep. matter. Yeah. Yep. And then we deal with the interest rate and the prices start to go down just to where we're like, Oh my God, we're finally going to get your breath. Nope. Interest rates go up to seven fucking yep. percent. And so then you're back, you're like, back exactly where you were. <laughs> yeah. yep. Now you're, now you're getting less of a value of a house and you're paying more money to the bank. It's right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like, okay. But the good thing about yeah. an interest rate versus the house price, right? An interest rate can always be negotiated down. A house price is set. It's done. I did not know that. Yeah. So let's say it's 7% now. Ten years from now, they go back to two percent. Oh, I see you what you're saying. You're, like, you're talking about like a remortgage, yeah, a refinance, refinance right? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, have yeah, an opportunity true. to move, right? Yeah. So, but if you buy the house at an expensive price and then it depreciates very quickly, you've screwed yourself. You're stuck. Right. And and you think about all the people that bought in 2021. Yeah. Right. Yep. Where the housing prices were super inflated. I bought in like, 2022, and the housing price was the housing prices are super inflated. But I made sure to buy a property that was well below my budget, so that yeah. if the house prices dropped drastically, it would not affect me that much. Right, but you're smart, and you didn't take the normal rule of what banks tell you and what lenders tell That's you. That's right. Say, oh, I yeah, ignored all the banks. It's which true. is just yeah. disgusting on its own. It oh, is. I agree. I agree. No, I got. That I get into just... arguments with people all the time because they're like, "Wow, you make a lot of money. You could easily afford a four hundred thousand dollars house." And I'm but like, "You can't. I'm like, yeah, you can't. I can really afford, afford one. No, no, no. Well, yeah. Well, okay, here's yeah, the thing. Yeah. You can afford it, but you can't live. <laughs> like, you know. I, well, it's, like, it's my standard of living. Yeah. Right. It's, it's that's the thing. It's like I don't want to spend. Four thousand dollars a month on a mortgage. I wouldn't either, because to me that makes my stomach churn. Yep. Especially, and here's the here's the kicker. Especially when I'm renting a house that I like, and it's twenty five hundred dollars. Exactly. Exactly. Why, why would I go spend more money that? to purchase a house and accept more responsibility when I'm renting? And again, the argument has been, well, because you're building equity. But, but you're not I don't know always building this, equity. There's, exactly. And this guarantee. housing, the housing price right now, right, is so high compared to what it was two years ago. It could drop another 20% in a, a snap of a finger. You could. Right? And, no one knows. No one so knows many, what's going to happen. There's so many ways to build equity. You don't have to go purchase a home to build equity. No, it's it's just, it's the de facto way, right? Yeah. It's, the, it's the way that Americans know how to build equity, right? Yeah. Not to say that it's not a good idea. Of course, it's a good idea when market conditions are normal. My only fear is that I'm going to get locked in at $4,000 a month with, again, paying $4,000 a month for a house when I'm paying $2,500 to rent. No, Am I building equity? No. But I'm, am I putting that $1,500 towards other things to build equity? Hell yeah. Yes. So, like, I, I, it's it's, I don't know. It just seems crazy to me yeah people really um, need to re we as a society we need to restructure the way we think about finances yeah i think so i i, I completely agree with that and housing um, is, is definitely one of those major purchases we should really be talking about more is that really part of the american dream just to own a home like it, think about i it. think it's the american it's one dream of those things. is different today than it was back in the day i i think that and we'll, we'll end on this. I, I do want to touch on this, though. I, I think that, you know, 
you should own a home when you have the ability to own a home, but you shouldn't force yourself into a stressful situation and a financially crushing situation just to own a home. I agree. And it, it doesn't make any sense because of society. It was extremely devastating to me and my psyche to be forced into a rundown property because I couldn't, uh, I mean, I couldn't purchase like a, a house that I liked because everything was over half a million dollars. Right. And, or, and I was like, um, why that, why, why is that yeah. devastating to my psyche? I'm I'm in a position to buy a home. I'm grateful. I should be grateful. And the best part is, is I'm buying something so below my budget, I can make it into something that I like. Right. Yeah. And that that's that's very true. The other thing is, though, is that people are being forced out of cities, right? And yeah. especially with work from home jobs, oh, yeah. they're being forced out into the middle of nowhere, which yep. is causing small towns to turn into suburbs at an extremely alarming rate. And the housing uh, the builders can't keep up with it. Well, that's you get, and that's another get, that's a problem all get, on its own. Oh uh, yeah, that's supply. That's a supply yeah. and demand problem. So you also have CEP Community yeah. Development Block Program, which is another government yes. thing. But I, I'm gonna we should talk I'm about that. End it. We should talk about that. Do you want to talk about it now? Uh, we're getting nope, close nope. to our we're, time. we're gonna okay. Yep, we're gonna so we're gonna end this episode here, and next week we are gonna pick this back up, and because there's a whole bunch of other things we're gonna talk about specifically around demographics and how home ownership. Uh, as well as some of the stuff that Red wants to bring up too. Yeah. So, uh, guys, we will talk next week. Uh, really excited. Yeah. So, this see was then. a great discussion. I'll see you guys. I later. agree. See ya. For more information regarding Curly Brace Podcast and the host, check out curlybracepodcast.com and follow us on social media. To never miss an episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.